everyone, welcome to In The Dark. We bring you industry travel knowledge and answers to your questions. This is episode 5, Life of a Sys Admin. We have Nate, a Sys Admin and a fellow member in this episode, and we discuss the different ways to get into IT. What a Sys Admin is, what their role is, what their responsibilities are, and what a path we can take afterwards of becoming a Sys Admin. We also touch base on how to handle interviews for IT and what books are there and what certifications are there out for in the field. Hi, Nate. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. Hi there. How's it going? Good. So, so you're a Sys Admin, right? Uh, yes, that's about right. Yeah. All right, so um, so uh, before we get started, let's uh, let's let the audience know what a sys admin is for those that are wanting to become one, or those are that um, are fresh out of uh, college. Oh, I like it. We're jumping right into this in yeah. case anyone's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a systems administrator is basically like an overseer of all the information systems for an environment, whether it be mm-hmm. a large enterprise environment of. 300 to 1,000 users or a small little startup of 50 or less. Mm-hmm. A systems administrator can do anything from uh, developing uh, physical and logical network topologies for mm-hmm. a new office area, uh, logically creating network routing <coughs> designs, implementing secure procedures, mm-hmm. um, in charge of managing Active Directory users and configuring permissions. Uh, the list goes on, but a systems administrator is more or less mm-hmm. a jack of all trades and is a great position to get started in in IT if you don't choose mm-hmm. like help desk or mm-hmm. you know, low level network support or something like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my first job, but well, I did. My first IT job was like a junior systems administrator mm-hmm. for a place of about 30 employees, but now mm-hmm. I work in a larger enterprise environment. Okay. So, so for, for someone that wants to become a sysadmin, uh, what would the proper steps for him to take? Well, just like anything in IT, you know, it takes it takes time, you know, takes different concentrations, takes different facets of knowledge to implement. Mm-hmm. As a jack of all trades, you have to learn a little bit of everything. I mean, you have to be, you know, proficient with networking. You have to be able to support, you know, software and hardware issues. Mm-hmm. It might involve, you know, working physically working on a server or logically mm-hmm integrating it into an environment, uh, setting up virtualization. Uh, I got off on a tangent. So really, you just kind of have to develop a baseline of all, you know, of core IT skills. You have to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how operating systems work in order to support users because, let's face it, some of them are hopeless. (laughs) You have to be able to... Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cats are going wild. you just you just have to kind of like develop a overall skill set. I mean, I have things that a system admin, I am skilled in things that you know a system mm-hmm. administrator isn't normally like proficient in, and there mm-hmm. are plenty of things that I am not skilled in that is normally heard of for a sysadmin, like mm-hmm. you know Linux experience. I don't have that great of an experience. I'm working to fix that, mm-hmm. but it just takes a little bit of everything, I'd say. Yeah. So so what I'm getting at is you probably need to learn the basics and. Get pretty strong fundamentals, and and then just work off of that for to become a sysadmin, pretty much. Absolutely, learn how to support users on mm-hmm. a technical level, and just 
you know, learn how to learn what it takes to create the logical intricacies of an enterprise network and be able to support it. Everything from your NAS and SAN storages, mm -hmm. um, you know, learn how to work with Active Directory, learn how to configure permissions, uh, mm -hmm. learn access control methods. Mm -hmm. uh, familiarity with a ticketing system is helpful. Uh, you might have to learn how to build your own ticketing system. Oh, uh, pro programming. Different scripting languages come into play. Mm -hmm. um, pa Microsoft PowerShell is a great one. It's one I use, you know, from mm -hmm. time to time. I'm not the most efficient in it, but I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. uh, SQL is another one that's excellent. Uh, learning how to automate. You know, they say automate the boring stuff with Python. I don't have a lot of Python experience myself, but it would definitely yeah. come in handy. Yeah, Python seems to be a pretty popular uh, language out there, and a lot Absolutely. of people are asking for it as well. Yes. Yeah, I myself don't have much Python experience. Um, I've looked on videos online, and some are great, some are. But, but even with videos for a learning source, you still gotta somehow, you know, practice on your own, like pretty intensively. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I can create and break a logical loop in Python. That is about the extent of my skill with Python. I'm working to fix it, though. I have so many projects I'm juggling. Another thing yeah. about being a systems administrator is you have to be able to stay on top of a bunch of projects at once or a bunch of, like, tasks at once because mm -hmm. you'll get you'll get 17 different tickets in a day requesting 17, you know, different facets. Or it might not even be tickets. It could be emails, you know, if, mm -hmm. if it's not as organized, if it's a new enterprise. Mm -hmm. But you just have to be able to multitask. And they say multitask. A lot of people say, one of my bosses included, say multitasking is impossible and I like to disagree. I do believe that it sacrifices efficiency overall, yeah. but being able to juggle multiple think multiple projects, multiple mm -hmm. tasks and still getting them done is paramount to being able to watch over and oversee, you know, the mm -hmm. logical side of a system or an enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Myself included, um I'm not very well versed in system administration. I'm more network security, so I know more about the network inside than anything. That's so. that's where I'm trying to break into once I finish my degree and everything and get a you know a little bit more experience. Yeah, yeah. Network networking is fun and all. It just depends on which path you want to take in networking as well. This this is a very big uh, field in networking in itself. Absolutely. This might turn into a bit of like a, a double interview because, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with you just from our interactions, but I don't exactly know what your role entails and how you got there or your experience in the industry as well. And no, no worries. Um, um, I'm trying to keep this as casual, but either or is fine. I don't mind. You can, I have episodes where, where this show goes on for like almost an hour and there's like short ones like for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Awesome. So, yeah. So, so tell me, you know, I'm, I'm here to, ed, you know, help people out just like you are. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you got into where you are with network security and what it would take for, I'm sure other you've told other people on this already. Yeah. You know, and from the bits I've listened to about it, but how did you get where you are and what got you into it? I could share the same. So I, I pretty much uh, start off of as, as help desk and, and the place I got a job for, um, I had basic networking skills to start off with, you know, add some uh, old uh, switches at home that I was playing around with and 
So I just started playing with that and I built on top of that. So the job I applied for, they were looking for a, for a networker, a network engineer. So like, I may not know as much, but I applied anyways and they took me and I was like, all right, cool. So <laughs> I started learning and building my skills on there. And eventually as that company that I still work for now, they grew and they needed someone on security side. It's like, all right, I'll see what I can do on security. So I did some research on uh, how networking and uh, security can pretty much uh, collaborate together or work together. So I was like, okay, so there's a lot of stuff in networking that pretty much uh, goes hand in hand with security. So I was like, all right. So I just took some of my network skills and I just applied that to work. And I was like, all right, you got a new title. You got your promotion, your network security. And I was like, cool. <laughs> okay, so you started from help desk and just kind of worked your way up. About how long did it take you to get to where you are now? Uh, I did help desk for about a year and a half. Most people would spend less in help desk because in help desk, you can you pretty much get exposed to a whole lot of stuff altogether. Right, get, right. Been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... So, um, so yeah, so when I did help desk, there was, um, there wasn't much going on, but yeah, I learned some networking there as well. You know, so I, so I just took the chance, whatever chance I got, whatever learning opportunities there was at my office, like, like, uh, cause there was short staff. It was just me and a few other people in the team. So like, and those guys were always busy, so I took every chance I got. That that need that when they needed help, they're like, "Okay, give me give me this. I'll do this." I mean, that's exactly the kind of initiative that I believe needs to be reminded to up and coming professionals in information technology is yeah. the ability to solve things on your own. You could ask questions, like you know, it's it's a it's a necessity to ask questions. You're not going to know everything as soon as you start out. Yeah, exactly. But, but grasping the ability to answer your own questions yeah. will put you leagues ahead of the game. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, I guess I'll share the same. I started out fresh out of high school mm -hmm. about three and a half years ago working mm -hmm. at a place, a little startup company. As at first, just like a little technical guy, you know, mm -hmm. we had there was one guy, he was the senior systems administrator mm -hmm. who had other responsibilities to take on. So I, you know, helped a lot on the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. I, I helped set up our logical network. I helped configure permissions for different users. I helped set up, you know, temporary employees and mm -hmm. get them onboarded and everything. I, you know, whenever we'd had trouble tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, which more or less cons consisted of an email and a very uh, duct taped together ticketing system. Yeah, that's how, uh, that's how my work environment was too. <laughs> <laughs> you know the struggle then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I kicked around there for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. and I actually got out of IT for a little bit. I, I was still focused on IT, but I needed to do something else. I wasn't making a whole lot of money where I was, mm -hmm. and it was really far away. So. I, I just shifted into other roles, and I think it's important to know that you can you know drop in and out that you might not be exactly where you need to be or mm -hmm. want to be right away, mm -hmm. but it's all part of the journey. There's no reason to get discouraged, but 
you will get discouraged a lot. And I think yeah. that's something important to understand as an up and coming professional. The ability to accept, grasp, and change from failure is paramount yeah. to improving as a professional in this industry. Yeah, I agree with that because there there were times where I've messed up and I've failed many things, but I just got back up. You know, you gotta keep going regardless of how many mistakes you go, you get. I used to become really depressed after earning a technical certification and not having an IT job. Oh, I was yeah. I was kicking around making like eight dollars an hour in retail, you know, oh, wow. scraping together to you know while trying to at the time mm-hmm. beat me and my girlfriend and I would just I'd take a certification exam. I remember distinctly the, the one that really broke me was Security Plus. Mm-hmm. I remember coming home and and just crying my eyes out. And just, you know, thinking, what is this all for? And people, you'll feel like that up and coming professionals. And it's important to understand that that's normal. Yeah. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world that mm-hmm. is, you know, equivalent to an entry level support technician or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the market, you know, flip flops a lot. It juggles around. Mm-hmm. It's important to understand that failure is normal and failure is okay. Yes, I agree with that. If you're feeling broken or sorry, uh, if you're not feeling broken, you're not trying hard enough <laughs> is, yeah. is, how I, is how I take it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's some things uh, other students and other people there need to learn as well that wants to get into this industry. Uh, they they will be struggling. I, I guarantee them that, and you are right on on the dot with that. I I've have gone through my struggles as well. I mean, I've gotten a lot of volunteer experience as well. You know, because working the help desk can only get you so much. I did a lot of consulting jobs, like side jobs, after I got off of my help desk job during the day. Oh, that's so cool. I'm working, uh, well, I'm working as a bit of a broad term. Uh, my, <laughs> my very dear friends, and he's, he's a mentor and father figure to me. We are working together to create a security consultancy company. Whoa, he used to nice. run it back in the day, like 10, 12 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. and has just been busy after he got his degree and he was working around different jobs. Yeah. And that's a side project we're starting to get up. So I, I'd feel that side hustle game to get yeah. more experience. Yeah, consulting is is fun to a certain extent, you know. You get to travel places, you get to you get exposed to many different environments, but there is a huge downside as well. Because with consulting, um you you manage everything yourself, you know. Right. Yeah, so with with money, with consulting, um if if you don't have a job or if you don't have any contracts or anything you're you're out of the job pretty much yeah you're you're pretty sol yeah yeah (laughs) i kicked around as a technical consultant for a little while at my last job the one before the one i have right now and i knew the struggle and it was even worse because you know this isn't me like this isn't me tooting my own i was younger than everyone else i was Mm -hmm. advising people six twelve years older than me Mm-hmm. on you know the logical network of a personnel security project we were working on mm-hmm. 
And it gets a bit jarring, you know, having to stand in charge and, you know, explain things. You have to keep it professional, but also talk to people like they're kindergartners. Yeah, I, I've been through that. that. That's the most difficult part of being in IT, in my opinion. You have to tell them mouse go click and program open. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And even with some people that have, you know, five years in the industry that just don't understand like networking or they don't understand, you know, the design of this project we're working on. They just understand how to physically integrate it. Yeah. The, 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 I call those the, the dungeon workers. <laughs> the, the minions. Yeah. The I, I've been in that position as well. You know, it took me a while to, uh, to get where I was, you know, I, I worked in a dungeon as well. Um, when I st first started networking, that's where I was pretty much in the server room. It's like, all right, your desk is here and you're imagining all this, this equipment in the server room. It's like, okay, fun stuff. <laughs> oh, so kind of like a data center tech? Yeah, it's so somewhat like that, but it's, it's not as big. It's more like a small server room. You get your servers, your, your switches and pretty much. I got you. Yeah, yeah. How'd you like that? How long did you kick around there for? Um, it, it was all right. I was there for a few years because it's like for networking, I felt like you need to gain more experience in help desk or sysadmin. But it ultimately depends on, um, on, on you, you know, what you feel like, what you need, and when you want to start stepping up and moving out. I do believe that, you know, beyond system administration and, you know, networking engineer, it is important to have a very broad skill set and, you know, not a concentration. A lot of up and coming professionals, you know, mm -hmm. that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 24, they all believe that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot the big name in the game is security. You know, everyone's wanting to be, you know, the next cybersec professional. They want to get into cyber. They want to, you know, go in there. They want to secure mm -hmm. the enterprise. They mm -hmm. want to manage those, you know, IPSs. They want to work on those sims. They want to take those logs and check any events. But yeah. it takes a long time to get there. And a lot of people worry too much, like, about starting there mm -hmm. when 99 times out of 100, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's you got to start from the bottom to get yeah. here yeah definitely as that wonderful hip art hip-hop artist whose name escapes me said <laughs> but there's no shame in starting as a you know field tech as you know love tier one help desk mm -hmm. uh project coordination mm -hmm. uh i actually had a less than technical role for a little while on top of that consultancy position mm -hmm. uh, for a project coordinator and that is probably one of the worst responsibilities I've ever had <laughs> in my life just directing people and people that don't respect you because you're younger than them and they think they know the world it's it's hard oh, <laughs> but yeah. there's no shame in where you start the important part is that you start yeah I feel like I'm going in circles a little bit I haven't really done anything like this before and I hope I'm you know you know being beneficial in some way no, no worries. Uh, you're you're doing good so far. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, for, yes. yeah. For for IT, uh, it's okay if you're repeating yourself because a lot of that stuff holds truth. You know, it 
it is what it is. Um, you got to do what you got to do in IT. And all, all of that's part of it. It's part of being in IT. A lot of stuff is repeated. I feel like I repeat myself too now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just thought of a new topic we could uh, discuss. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, interviewing, you know, is one of the hardest processes, you know, to go through mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, any, any field. Mm-hmm. You know, interviewing, I'm a terrible interview, like interviewee, like I am abysmal at sitting in interviews. I am not a people person. I am not mm-hmm. extroverted and outgoing. I am the last thing I want to do is sit in front of a board of people and have them mm-hmm. judge me. That is that is the last thing I want. So maybe we should talk about like how to better prepare uh, up and coming professionals for that kind of test. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so... From my experience um, with interviews, of and I got them through plenty, some good, some not so great, some I got only halfway through. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, so um, a lot of the things uh, you got to keep in mind is a lot of, a lot of uh, the interviews you go through, um, you don't really got to be too technical about it. Even though they do ask you technical questions, that's not what you're mainly looking for, but it does help them, you know, with placement and to get a little, a, a grasp or a gist of what you know. What they're mainly looking for is personality. So, so if your personality fits or, or if you're someone that they are looking for, they'll put you in regardless of what you know or not. Absolutely. And I think that's important for a lot of people to know. Yeah. Um, it's not like when you go into an interview, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get you'll get interviews where they I've had this before where they put a, a paper in front of you with 10 or 12 technical questions mm-hmm. that are, you know, silly and asinine that don't mean anything. Like what port does HTTPS run on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can you find the signature of a, to an email in Outlook 365? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know how would you design this rate array to include redundancy mm-hmm. but not parity or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think I was, uh, I had three, technically four, but I really only count th- three of the interviews for my position right now. Mm-hmm. And they asked me maybe four technical questions the entire time. Yeah. It, was, it was a, it was a total of about an hour of my time just mm-hmm. interviewing for this company. And they asked maybe four technical questions. Yeah, you know they want to know. They don't want to know what you do know. Well, they do want to know that. That's silly for me to start off that way, but they want to know what you're willing to know if you don't know it. And I believe uh, what won me over in this recent interview, and after asking for working for them for some time, they did say that it uh, made them really think highly of me at the time. Is that when they asked me um, how are my communication skills, and I told them you know, something along the lines of what I just said a minute ago. I said, I'm not a people person. You know, I'm not very outgoing and extroverted in the social sense. Mm -hmm. But what I am, what I am here for is to learn. I'm in the business of improving myself. And so as every other professional out there, if Mm -hmm. you got to sell yourself interviews, not necessarily in your technical skill set. And this, this goes for anyone. This goes for any field. This mm-hmm. goes for basket weaving from teaching to information technology. Mm-hmm. You have to sell yourself on what you can do mm-hmm. rather or what you – let me structure this properly. <laughs> you have to sell yourself and be able yeah. to emphasize that even if you don't know something, 
you have the willingness and the ability to grasp it, retain it, and mm-hmm. make it happen. You got to be a sponge. Yeah, you got to soak much. up and let go. Yeah, exactly. If you're not in this business to constantly grow, you're in the wrong field. Yeah, exactly. We it's, work in... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, especially in IT, um, you're constantly learning pretty much because there's always some type of new error that you've never seen or or someone causes an error that's that's new to everyone. And there's always some type of problem coming up. So it's it's always a learning process in IT or or in any job pretty much. You know, there's always something happening that you gotta right. do. Yeah. You know, the the core principles of IPv4 networking will never change, but mm-hmm. networking in general is changing. You know, we have software defined networking, we have mm-hmm. the mass integration of IPv6 networking, mm-hmm. you know, with the exhaustion of IPv4. Mm-hmm. You know, things right. change. The core principles won't change mm-hmm. until we get to quantum computing that we're all screwed. Yeah. And <laughs> all the security professionals will be screwed then. You can brute force anything. Yep. <laughs> but but seriously uh i lost my train of thought what was i saying um i believe we were we were talking about um oh <laughs> oh yeah i i'm <laughs> i'm terribly sorry very professional of me outstanding uh no it's very important to stay on your toes and to accept a willingness to continue to learn because you're in an industry all about learning all about improving all about the next best thing, dunking on that old technology. I'm trying not to curse. Is is cursing a thing here or? Yeah, it's fine. You can curse. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll keep it PG-13 if, if I can help it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. Uh, that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else should we get to while we're here? Oh, um, let me see. Uh, you mentioned um, earlier to our, our prior conversation that um, you you were gonna discuss some steps to uh, secure an enterprise. Oh, oh yeah, for my current job. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, um, good thing I haven't said the name of my job. Not that I wanted to in the first place, but yeah, our uh, security situation is a bit of a uh, not a disaster, but it's just it's not what I want it to be. None mm-hmm. of my uh, other coworkers specialize in security. I wouldn't even say I specialize in security at this point. That's just yeah. what I'm going to school for. Yeah, but I mean, when I when I first got there, you know, we don't have any sort of you know automatic setup portal for users to change their passwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use consistently weak passwords, mm-hmm. and ev- even our uh, head of HR, I actually saw her password and it frightened me. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I'm I'm working on that. Uh, I'm working on a plan to integrate uh, user training for. Uh, repelling phishing attacks and learning mm-hmm. how to detect different social engineering attacks mm-hmm. and stop them. I'm trying to create a solution for that. Um, we don't handle a lot of um, like we don't handle any PCI or anything like that, so we're we're good yeah. on that part. But we do hold a lot of PII and social security numbers and stuff like that. So I am mm-hmm. trying to. We're we're good. We set we segment that pretty well logically, but mm-hmm. I want to you know add some more Bastion hosts if if we can allow that and you know like mm-hmm. i said the self-service portal for uh password resetting and getting it hooked up mm-hmm. to the directory server that's that mm-hmm. those are some examples of projects i'm working on right now at work all while improving my sql skill set for those same purposes yeah 
So how, how, how do you feel about SQL, though, in general? Do you think it's really necessary in security, so to speak? Uh, I'm not, I won't lie to you, I'm not, as, I'm not very proficient with it. I, I'm still learning the basis of it myself and what it means to, you know, on the core level of querying, you know, searches in a, in a database or whatnot. But uh, I can't, I won't, I won't really say that I can speak for that because I just, I'm not proficient with it enough. Yeah, that's fine. I was just more asking in general, like, do you think it's necessary for security or not? I'm not too sure about SQL. Um, other languages like Bash, uh, PowerShell for Windows servers, mm -hmm. uh, Python, Perl, mm -hmm. those sort of things where you can automate processes mm -hmm. and, you know, you can create uh, sim event detection scripts in Python. Mm -hmm. My roommate uh, showed me one that he wrote up excuse me, like 10 or 12 years ago for a business that still uses that same, you know, script to this day, they might've added to it, mm -hmm. you know, to, to better suit their purposes now, but the same function of that script still applies. He has a colleague of his that still works there mm -hmm. and they still use that same damn script that he wrote 12 years ago. <laughs> Whereas before, you know, their security analysts were just clicking through, you know, events, they were processing 10,000, 15,000 events mm -hmm. an hour. They just didn't have you know, the right way to select through them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my genius roommate goes and writes this, you know, script that takes him, a, you know, three days that they use to this day, 12 years later. No. So scripting is definitely necessary because not only can you automate processes, mm -hmm. you can make your life easier in general. Yeah. I've seen that. I've, a actually lot. Worked. I've seen that a lot nowadays uh, when applying to jobs, like every IT job requires some scripting language or some programming language out there. Definitely. And I definitely say that <clears throat> some of the better ones to learn right now mm -hmm. when it comes to the, you know, the security side of things are definitely Python, mm -hmm. Perl, Bash, uh, SQL for sysadmin stuff, definitely PowerShell. If you're administrating Windows mm -hmm. servers, we don't have very many Linux servers on my end, mm -hmm. but um, I, you know, PowerShell is definitely, you know, power, if I had to pick three PowerShell, Python and Bash or Perl are probably the three most important to focus on right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're in a different facet of IT, like software engineering, mm -hmm. you know, that'll be a little different depending on, you know, the person. Yeah. But hard agree on scripting. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty challenging topic for everyone, I believe. Uh, Seems like a lot of people are having trouble trying to grasp grasp the, the knowledge of how to script or well I guess it I guess it really depends on the individual then. It's it's very daunting when you look at it. You know, you look at these, you know, you could look at eight lines of code and not understand a word of it. Exactly. And you're just like, How the hell can I ever learn something that I can't look at mm -hmm. and at least grasp? And it's Programming and scripting is way scarier than it looks. Yeah, it definitely. is it is an art form. It is very metic it is a very meticulous art form, mm -hmm. but it is very feasible to learn. Uh, yeah. A very good friend of mine, uh, they're working on you know it's not scripting but it's programming. They're working on HTML right now, and mm -hmm. they were an English major in mm -hmm. school, so anyone can learn you know scripting in different programming languages. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more daunting than it looks, is what I'll say to people. And if you're wanting to try one, just jump into it. Yeah. If you 
if you just jump into something, you're more likely to, you know, commit and learn if you stick with it. Yeah. So long and short of that, you know, tangent is scripting is way scarier than it looks and it's okay to fail. Yes, definitely. And in fact, if you write a piece of code and it works the first time, I wouldn't trust it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From from many of uh, from many of the programmers out there, when I when I talked about learning scripting and what to look for, is that they they always tell me the same thing: if it fails, then you then you're doing it right, and 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 you're actually learning. But they, <laughs> and if it actually works. From, from the first time you write, um, then then uh, then I just redo it or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't remember the full details of what they told me. This was a while ago, but but, but, but it fails and it works right. <laughs> if it if it if it's broken, then you're on the right path. Yes, exactly. Just like IT professionals. Yeah. <laughs> if you're feeling broken, you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anything else we want to touch on for the moment? Um, so is there, is there any, uh, people that you follow, like any, uh, tech influencers out there? Oh yeah. A few, um, uh, Rick Ferguson is one. He's a pretty prominent, uh, security professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's from the UK he talks a lot and he's a very progressive individual that mm-hmm. I, a lot of my values, both, you know, technically and politically align with pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, network Chuck, you know, fantastic guy. You oh know, yeah, definitely, yeah. Great guy, you know. Really, uh, seems like a really thorough network pro too. Like, you know, the name aside, yeah. Um, uh, he's he's a great one I follow. Uh, I'm not as up to date on his stuff as I used to be, but he is, you know, a very, very uh prominent technical figure that I do keep up with yeah. from time to time. Uh, another is uh Dr. Johannes Ulrich, uh. I believe he's, I don't think he's the dean. He might be. I might be bad-mouthing him. But <laughs> uh, Dr. Johannes Ulrich is a very prominent member of the sans GIAC Institute mm-hmm. and is probably one of the OG InfoSec goons out there. Like, he's been in InfoSec since mm-hmm. its inception. <laughs> so he's, um, like, one of the original NIST members or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that guy. and And he's, like... I, I would not call him anything short of a genius. He has a doctorate in like physics or uh, like astronomy or something. Mm-hmm. And he went on to become one of the most prominent information security professionals out there. My roommate who took the uh, GIAC certified intrusion analyst mm-hmm. certification mm-hmm. and is on the uh, board of advisors for SANS GIAC. He was taught the course by Dr. Johannes Ulrich. And that's oh, how I wow. got yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, that's how I got into uh, following him. How about yourself? Um, Network Chuck's one of them. Uh, there's Keith Barker. I don't know if you know of him. I, I've heard his name before. Yeah, and then uh, there was, was it? Jeremy Ciara? Jeremy Ciara. He's, uh, he's, he's one of the former uh, CBT Nugget trainers, as well as the other two... Uh, along with the network Chuck and uh, Keith Barker. Yeah, I, I've heard Keith Barker in talks with CBT. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that's what he, you know, was known for. I just couldn't verify. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Ciaro was, was one of them. 
and uh, let's see who else. Um, there's a uh, Marcus Carey. I, he's one of the he's one of the the another infosec guy. He's pretty famous. Um, and there's some other ones that I follow on Twitter. That I don't remember their names right now. But Marcus Carey is a pretty good guy. He he has a few books out actually on Amazon. If you want to check it out. I just uh, uh, Googled to confirm my suspicion. Um, Dr. Johannes Ulrich, he uh, is the founder of the Internet Storm Center, D-Shield, which is one of the most prominent you know, security consultancy and information firms oh, around. That's, that's awesome. I should, yeah. I, I'll, I'll probably check him out too as well after this. <laughs> definitely, definitely. He's... Like he's one of the original guys. Like it doesn't yeah. get rogy than uh, Doctor Johannes. Awesome. What else would we like to touch on? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Is I thought it was a professional show I was coming into. <laughs> <laughs> It's as special as you can get so far for something that's pretty newly started. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Any anyone who's kicked around in IT long enough knows that it's far from professional behind the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, cybersecurity and infosec is a is a pretty big field out there, you know, and there's right. a lot of things to touch on. Um, but um, if you if you check out Marcus Carey, he's he's pretty he's pretty well known. Uh, some of the books he had on on Amazon is a uh, what was it? Uh, Scott was it called? I have one of them. Something Red Team. Um, Marcus Carey. Let me. Take a look at them. Oh, man. Did you just send me Marcus's information or, you know, something where I can read up about him? Because you seem to talk pretty highly about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. The books he has is a Tribes of, Tribes of Hackers. Tribe of Hackers. He got four books out, actually. I have, I have one of them, the, the Tribe of Hackers Red Team. So pretty much what, what his books uh, discusses is pretty much he just he brings tribal knowledge uh about security pretty much on, on each side of the security field. Red team, blue team, uh, the leaders. And then he also has a book called Think and Code. He pretty much teaches uh, people who want to start out in programming. He just he teaches it in a way where you can easily, easily understand. I know who I know who these guys are now. When you said tribe of hackers, it, it triggered something in my brain. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I follow them, uh, not not like serious, not deep, but yeah, I, I've kept up with them before. I'm familiar with the tribe of hackers. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the main guys I follow. Um, who else is there? I haven't gone on my Twitter uh, recently, but there's like ten other people that I follow. <laughs> <laughs> That's another good uh, topic we could talk about is, you know, books, you know, to read for up and coming professionals or, 
you know, books that could help for certifications if that's how people are trying to break into the field. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Or, or like beginner certifications even. How would you like to start? Um, a lot of people say CompTIA is a, is a beginner certification, but I will have to disagree on that because a lot of people seem to struggle with those certs as you know, I think it ultimately depends on who's taking the test and if they're actually good at taking tests to begin with. Certainly. Because there are technical certifications out there and there are not so technical. But CompT is more technical, but there's also IC squared, which is more security focused, but technical at all those are more like management auditory operational side of security it's funny you say that i actually just took and failed uh my second isc exam yesterday (laughs) i uh i was taking the uh ccsp certified cloud security professional oh yeah yeah it's a beast that that, that's and that test is such a fucker test like uh, (laughs) No, no, seriously, like it's so gross. Like I, I oh, failed yeah. it. It was my fault that I failed, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I must say, and I, I will preface this further by saying that I did not read the entirety of the published, like ISC published book for the CCSP or the CSK, you know, materials. Mm-hmm. But I did go through all of the WGU information for it. I went through a Linux Academy course. Mm-hmm. And I went through some ISC published materials, just not their book. And I still failed that exam. Hmm. I will not be retaking that one. I, I have passed their SSCP exam. So I, I am familiar with the, you know, tomfoolery that is ISC. Yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with you when it comes to um, defining what is a, quote, beginner certification. Because they're all hard. Like, yes, yes they're, exactly. You know... Like, there's not really a a baby certification, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest thing I could think of is like ITIL, which is literally just best practice. Yeah. And I've taken, you know, ITIL foundations before, and it's just a bunch of like, what is the best way to do this? What is the way they define as the best or the most mm-hmm. efficient? And, you know, it's all bullshit, it's all mm-hmm. subjective. <laughs> I I cannot stand, you know, published quote best practices mm-hmm. except when it comes to security. I can't mm-hmm. stand it whatsoever. Like when it comes to how are you going to manage your, you know, agile project development? Like however the hell I want to. You have to tell me what to do. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I think those are more like a guideline kind of thing. I tell I I think I tell is is something else, you know. I, I don't think it holds as much value as most people think, but a lot of people think that you do need it. But from what I've seen, it's not so necessary because a lot of those best practices you can pretty much figure out on the job. You know, they'll they'll tell your team members will probably tell you what to do and how to do it. Absolutely, and I think while we're on the topic of discussion, it is important to you know, understand and accept that certifications mm-hmm. are not a guarantee for anything and they are mm-hmm. not they are not a true testament of knowledge. 
Yeah. I, you know, one of my supervisors, brilliant guy, only certification he's ever held is a currently expired A plus. And he knows more, way more than I do. I have eight technical certifications and mm-hmm. I probably could only attest to, I, I probably could only hold a candle to about 65 to 75% of what he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you could meet good. someone just like that with, you know, one certification in their life and, you know, they could be one of the most brilliant, you know, information technology professionals ever. You could meet someone that has a CISSP and they could be moronic. It's yeah, not an indication good. of one's skill or experience, except for, you know, ones where experience is mandated, like the CISSP mm-hmm. or CCSP or SSCP. Yeah, exactly. Because I've, I've talked to a lot of people outside of IT and some of them hold CISSPs. I was like, Really? Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, like there's this I've spoken to a lot of business majors and they have it. And they thought that would be a good start to get into IT. It's like sure, why not? But but that is definitely not a, a start, you know. <laughs> Surely they only have the associate status because that takes like five years of of audited experience to get if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You need five years and you need to be able to meet two of those domains that they asked for. I saw on Reddit once where someone took the, um, the CASP, the, the CompTIA advanced security uh, practitioner or professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that CompTIA cert that is like 75% technical, 25% managerial. Mm-hmm. That was their first IT certification and they couldn't get a job because <laughs> all they had to speak for was, whatever you know technical skills encompass that exam I'm not familiar with it i haven't taken it and mm-hmm. you know whatever managerial knowledge comes from it <laughs> and it was no <laughs> surprise to me that they started with such a behemoth of a cert you know it, mm-hmm. it's different if it's something thorough like a sans gx certification i mm-hmm. long to take one of those one day one day i will <laughs> well, those are some pricey exams oh, after, they are ridiculous and you know, I'm going to have, you know, Johnny CEO pay for it one day, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I too myself was looking at that at one point, you know, when I was, when I first got into a uh, network security, it's like, all right, what, what's the first one I should start off with? Aside from a security plus, I was like, a lot of people talk highly about the GIAC one. So I was like, all right, let me take a look. They're like, bam, that's a huge price there. <laughs> Like, yeah, eighteen hundred dollars for yeah. an attempt. Not even counting study materials. That's that's your exam. Yeah, I was like, oh, never mind. I'm never looking at this one again. Yes, give us two thousand dollars for a chance at passing our very very advanced technical certification, please. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk down. I respect the Sands GX Institute yeah. very much. Yeah, it's they're, just they're really just great. The, yeah. <laughs> but um we got on a tangent uh as far as as far as like beginner quote unquote beginner certifications uh-huh. uh, it really just depends you know yeah. a plus you know the the comptia trifecta as they call it a plus net plus sec plus mm-hmm. is a great way to introduce you know foundational it skills for mm-hmm. any up-and-coming professional 
mm-hmm. know, it gives you a inner work, you know, an inner idea of, you know, how a computer functions, what encompasses a computer and how to support it on a logical and physical level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you, you know, network plus, you know, allows you to understand surprisingly networking and yeah. it, she's involved in IPv4 networking and it touches a little bit on IPv6. If I remember correctly, it's been a mm-hmm. minute since I in the exam. But I still have the core knowledge that I gained from it mm-hmm. and, you know, how, how to run, you know, cable and, you know, how far cable signals can travel. Mm-hmm. And Security Plus, you know, a lot of places, like even Tier 1 Help Desk, require their employees to get a CompTIA Security Plus because it's a great foundation to building a security skill set. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, it teaches you not to be a boob and fall for a simple phishing email. <laughs> and having that, you know, certification and that DOD class, you know, mm-hmm. checkbox ticked off is great. Mm-hmm. So any of those are great. Um, I can't speak for, you know, what a Cisco certification would offer, you know, someone as far as job wise goes, but I hear good things about it. Uh, I eventually plan on obtaining a Cisco certified networking associate. I just have, I got to finish school and take on mm-hmm. some other projects first, mm-hmm. eventually. Um, how about you? Any other different certifications? Um, as of right now, um, I'm probably looking into uh, some Cisco ones as well. I was looking at CCMP. I mean, a lot of people say you should start off a CCNA first, but ever since the, the update they did recently, they, they took out that, that wall where you got to go one step at a time, you know, if you want your CCMP, just sit for exam and take it. If you pass, then you get your CCMP, you know? Yeah. I have a a colleague of mine. He's 16, 17 Uh and has, you know, a CCNA and a CCNP enterprise. Like that kid's going places. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll definitely get a great start, you know? Yeah. I think he already has like a side hustle, like supporting his school or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Like he's, he's going places. And if there's anyone like in that age range listening mm-hmm. to this, like uh, I got two things to say. One, it's important to enjoy that time mm-hmm. and, you know, not jump so far ahead. But also, if you want to get a jump start on your IT career that early and mm-hmm. you're ambitious enough to do it, fucking go for it oh yeah definitely I, I, man. I hear all about these brilliant kids you know teenagers i shouldn't say kids because only like five years younger mm-hmm. than me but these brilliant minds you know up-and-coming professionals you know 16 year olds getting you know ccnps 12 year olds getting CompTIA a pluses 17 mm-hmm. year olds getting their oscp one of the oh, most yeah. daunting certifications oh yeah in definitely. the entire industry Oh, like, yeah, go yeah. for it. Enjoy your time in those years, mm-hmm. but that is also the best position you could put yourself in. So do as you will. Yeah. But it is never yeah. too early to start, and it's never too late to begin. Yes, definitely. That's a great speech you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> but, but that is uh, some motivational stuff there. I, I, I'll admit, you know, I wish I had an early start like that too. You know, I had a pretty late start into IT. May I ask how old you are? I'm actually 28. <laughs> 28? Oh, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I started IT when I was 
23. So yeah, that's when I started help desk. Um, before that, I was going into my junior college studying some other stuff, Ma mainly teaching. I was trying to become a teacher, but but teaching jobs are so hard to come by, you know. So yeah, especially yeah, especially that? in these crazy times. Oh yeah, yeah. I I decided to make that switch last minute. Like I was like three, four years in. Um, trying to get my associate's degree, you know, get my classes through for teaching. And like, when I was looking at jobs, you know, at some places, and they're like, you gotta apply at the district. And even then, it's pretty easy, you know, especially for someone your age. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I used to want to kick around as a teacher for a little bit. That was like the backup to my backup. I wanted to be an English teacher. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have so like eternal respect for teachers, especially because, you know, teachers deserve way more than they get both like, you know, from people in general, like the public view of them and, you know, monetarily, like they deserve so much more for dealing with, you know, shitheads like me when I was 16 and, you know, bratting little 12 year olds that think they know the fucking world they deserve so mm -hmm. much and we don't offer that and that's you know disgraceful yeah, yeah exactly um i certainly hope to be in a gig that sounds as sweet as yours when i'm your age oh no worries um it, de it de really depends on how fast you want to move you know whenever there is a an opportunity for you to do networking, just jump at it, you know? They'll probably put you up with someone who already knows how to do it, so they'll probably help help you learn as, you, as you're doing it, you know? Absolutely. And that'll probably definitely help you get your, your CCNA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully by this time next year, I'll have it. I want to, I, I gotta finish WGU. I know you and I are both close to the end game on that. Yeah. I uh, should be done with that. I hope to finish it by or recording this on August 27th. Um, I hope to finish that by Thanksgiving, um, but we shall see. My term ends uh, January 31st. Uh, um, I got to get an MCSA server uh, certification for work. They want me to get one of those. Mm -hmm. And I believe after that will be a good time for me to get uh, CCNA. So fingers crossed. Also going to oh, work on... Uh, probably LPI essentials for my foundational Linux skills. Yeah. This is what it takes to keep moving on and to get better is juggling all this shit at once. So, oh, yeah. you know, be prepared and get good, everyone. Yes, yes, definitely. It, it definitely got to always be prepared and always improve on stuff, you know? Yeah, there's always something new in IT, definitely. I was pretty worried, you know, when we got to like the eight minute mark, I was like, oh God, I'm not going to have anything to say. And here we are almost an hour in. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess all those nerves washed out of me. <laughs> yeah, IT is a, is a pretty big field and there's definitely more than enough topics to discuss. It just depends on what to discuss, you know. Before, 
I mean, if we really want to, we could probably spend a whole day talking about IT in general. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely. When you get a chance with, to do some networking jobs, take it. You know. Yep. Because uh, for CCNA, uh, I'm pretty sure you already know half of it's pretty much network plus, pretty much the same. And the second half is the actual networking stuff. You know, I got to say, I've taken four CompTIA exams, uh, mm -hmm. the trifecta and project plus, And I got to say network plus was without a doubt the hardest one I've taken. Oh, really? I, I don't know if anyone else could agree with that. Um, I, I scored better on Security Plus. I scored the highest on that one. But Network Plus was easily the, the, the hardest one. I actually, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, I failed my first three certification. Well, not my, my first three. I failed um, my 901 and 902 for A Plus, both one time mm -hmm. each. And I failed Network Plus once. And I failed CCSP yesterday. So I've, I've failed four times, you know, in, in the year and a half that mm -hmm. I've been taking certifications and that is okay. Yeah, definitely. Cause you, you'll definitely learn from that. I've, I've had my fair share of failing my exams as well. Uh, for my A plus, I felt the, the first portion one time and for, for network plus surprisingly, I failed that one twice, but I passed the third time. Hey, that passed. What counts? Yeah, but but I it's mainly my fault for network plus because I didn't really actually study, you know, because I yeah. know how to do the I know how to do it the technical side, but when it comes for exams, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you gotta think on the spot with the timer. That's that's the challenging part. It's all fun and games until you see something that wasn't in the exam objectives. Oh yeah, definitely. And then in the heat of the moment, you just say beta question and move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for Security Plus, I failed that once. I passed out the second time. Awesome. Yeah. Have you taken the uh, SSCP yet for WGU? Uh, I have not. I kind of pushed that one off for a bit. Oh, man. It's it's not as scary as you, as you would think it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the main thing is uh, scheduling with the, the test centers in my area because a, oh, a lot of them are closed. I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's... I'm struggling with that because I, I first initially had my, my SSCP one, uh, the start of this term. But then when I started trying to book for, for, uh, for available dates, there was like none available till like December. I was like, seriously? <laughs> You're out on the West Coast, so I imagine it's abysmal over there. It, it really like when it comes is. To finding a spot. It really is. I don't have to worry about that too much over here in, you know, the, the, deep, the deep South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, um, there are centers available with like dates, but. It's a very, very far drive just just for that exam, you know? You know, I actually live, um, I live in like North Georgia-ish. Mm -hmm. And when I went to take SSCP, I actually went to Tennessee to take it. It was oh, like wow. a, it was like a two hour drive um, because 
there there were other centers near me. I went to a different one to take CCSP this past time. This oh. was back in December. This was before the pandemic broke out. Yeah, but nice. um, I, I drove up there to take it because um, there were none that could like get me in before the term ended. Or mm -hmm. it would be like January 21st and my term ended on the 31st. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, WGU does terms in uh, exact six-month uh, blocks. So you start on August 1st, your term ends January 31st, and your next term, assuming you go to one, would start February 1st. So that's how that worked. Uh, thankfully, I passed. I believe it was like December 27th or 29th that I passed. Mm -hmm. um, killed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> But you got it. It's it's not scary. And whenever you do get to take it, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still studying for it here and there. But I haven't gotten time to schedule that out yet. Have you taken the uh, CIW web security cert? Yeah, I think that one's really useless. But I, I've taken it. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> I, I agree with you, but there, there is some, you know, topics on there like uh, Bastion host configuration and um, a deeper emphasis on defense and depth that I think Security Plus lacks. And I would just say, uh, don't be surprised if you see stuff like that on SSCP. Uh, yeah, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> don't take away my certification, please, ISC. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, I only have an associate status, but catch me after I get this degree, son. <laughs> oh man well I don't know if I have very much else to add um, anything you want to uh, close this show out on um, I think that's it for now um, I think this this segment was pretty good um, why thank you yeah. I hope I you know did decently I was yeah. really I was really scared about this I, uh, I, I was thinking about it all week and I forgot about it today and then oh. Uh, I got home and my, my calendar went off for the notification for this around like five my time. And I was just like, oh man, I have to do that. Yeah. But was... but I'm pretty happy with my performance here. I can't wait to hear it and then cringe at myself in my own voice and going in circles. But, you know, that's neither here mm -hmm. nor there. Yeah, no worries about it. That's why I try to tell everyone that comes on to the show, like, I'm keeping this casual. So there's... There's nothing really to worry about. We're just talking. We're just discussing topics. Hell yeah. When can we expect this out? Um, we could probably hear this probably tomorrow. I got to probably do some editing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Probably take out the, uh, the, the fidgeting I'm doing behind the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry if any of that gets in the way. Well, Nate, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun talking to you, discussing different topics. Likewise, Alvin. Thank you so much for having me on your show and inviting me. Yeah, no problem. I, I look forward to talking to you again. Hell yeah. I'd love to do this again sometime. Maybe when I have a little bit more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you, Alvin. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Bye. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Nate for joining me today on the show. I had a huge blast talking to you, discussing topics today. I hope to hear from you again. And I'd also like to give a huge shout out to the listeners out there for listening, listening to me for this long. Without your support, um, the show wouldn't be happening right now. I'd like to thank you all for listening. And please stay tuned.
for the next episode.